Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. I'm down with HB, H1B. Yeah, you know me. STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics hiring today, is brutal as there are just not enough people to support the demand. So without bringing policy into the conversation, we're going to tackle the challenge of how to hire around the limitations. Today's quote, to maintain their own competitiveness, workers need to attain and stay current on the qualifications needed to advance in this constantly evolving economy. Any idea who said that, Mr. Martin Harrington? Uh, you know, I don't think I do know who said that. It was Elaine Chow. Oh, She's Chow. our Secretary of Transportation. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes. We do this by identifying a specific problem and providing proven solutions to enable you to win the right hire. We share insights with top-performing rebel entrepreneurs and disruptors and industry experts like our guest today, Mr. Martin Harrington. Martin is the Senior Vice President of Tech Services for TechCorus Consulting, Inc. And Martin is currently a founding partner and vice president with TechCorus Consulting, uh, an RPO and recruiting agency based here in Orange County, specializing in recruiting of high-tech talent recruitment process outsourcing services. That one's a tongue twister. <laughs> Martin's uh, also a Toastmasters International uh, member for many years, and he co-founded the Harrington Teddy Bear Company to move to the United States, creating a multinational sensation. Martin, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Hey, thank you, Rick. Great to be here. Teddy bears to recruiting. How'd you do that? Isn't that amazing? It's, Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> Good move. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So so I had a really good run uh, for over 20 years, uh, helping build the Harrington Teddy Bear Company into a world-class brand, shipping to more than 50 countries. And um, a few years ago, things kind of were changing in the economy and, and we had some new ideas going on. So I decided, hey, I'm going to go back and follow a dream that I had years ago and got back into uh, or into financial advisory. And that kind of morphed into, hey, you can start a new business in the tech field and join some partners that, that came forward and, and we started to chorus. Wow. Okay. All right. So today we're going to cover H1Bs, what they are and uh, how to work around them, the benefits as well as the challenges to hiring H1Bs and how to effectively hire someone who's under an H1B status. So you're an expert at this, Martin. I'm going to let you take a lead. So why don't you tell us what is an H1B? Well, an H-1B visa, Rick, is a, uh, a way for people to work in this country under a uh, long-term scenario. Uh, it's not permanent, but it is long-term, and it's usually sponsored or is sponsored by the company, and it's usually specifically to bring someone with a specific talent in. And I actually uh, came into the country myself that way. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So typically what ends up happening is somebody goes to college, they get a F-1 or an OPT visa, right? Mm-hmm. And when they get out of college, they have a certain amount of time in which they have a practical training and then they're able to, how do they get, they get sponsored for an H-1B? Exactly. So, okay. so the next step after that, that educational requirement's been filled is they're going to need to get authorized or sponsorship from a company and the company will sponsor them, go through the legal prop, uh, paperwork, get them set up with their first H-1B visa to work at really any company in the country. Which takes forever today because <laughs> I know that there's a lottery-based system and it, they only have a certain amount of H-1Bs they give out every year. Correct. Okay. Yep. 
Woo. All right. So let's talk about the benefits of AR and H1Bs. Yeah. So for any company that's looking to uh, extend their talent pool, H1Bs is, is really going to do that for them. It's going to allow them to go beyond the, the people that are available in a certain tech field or with a certain skill set and have much wider talent pool to choose from. How so? Uh, so basically, a lot of these skills that you see nowadays in, in our environment, you know, anything to do with the computers, the internet, all these different tech fields have people that are doing things that you and I may not be that familiar with. You know, they're using Hadoop to uh, control data. They're using different coding languages like Python or Ruby on Rails. And that, are, that yeah. We don't really know what those are, but they do. And unfortunately, in our country, we don't have enough of those candidates right now that, that are filling those needs. So that's why we, we extended around the world to people that can come in on these visas. Which is why I picked that quote, because we really need to train ourselves in, in the STEM arts, right? Like yep. there, there's a lack of people because there's just not enough people going into that. Yeah. And that's why things like STEM are so good, because we want to encourage kids at an early age and, and especially uh, young girls uh, to jump in there. Uh, traditionally, it seems like it's been male dominated and, and there's a, a great need there for girls. And there's a push for that, you know, because uh, we can we can extend and, and have more people that are interested uh, in the science field. So getting back to the H1B, so you have a wider pool of talent that you can pull from. And especially I, I do a lot in software engineering and in tech. Mm-hmm. And there, there's just a shortage of engineers. In order to find engineers, we usually have to pull them out of another company that they're working at. Right. Yeah. That's getting harder and harder because people are doing better jobs with their culture. <laughs> so it's harder to pull people out. Yeah, definitely. And, and and the goal is to get, you know, people with better technical skills, right? They, they're going to have the expertise that's needed for a specific skill set. And you know, as I do, how difficult some of these requirements can be for our clients where they have specific skill sets that they're looking for. They want a specific language or understanding in a certain area or certification. This is probably best used in a situation where you have a project, you need a particular skill set, you need it done quickly within a certain time frame, like on a contracting basis, it's probably better than a full-time hire. Exactly. And that's where the bulk of the effort is put is, is on contract work. So it's project related. It could be a three, six, nine, 12 month contract where they need someone with a specific skill set. So let's talk about the pitfalls. What are the things you have to be aware of when you're hiring H1, especially I guess for a full-time role? So first off, you should always go after somebody who already has an existing H-1B. Otherwise, it's going to take forever to sponsor them. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, it does take a while and it's really an unknown. So because like you mentioned, there's a lottery and people can have hopes and wishes. But at the end of the day, if they don't make that lottery, they may have a problem with their, their OPT ending or, or the L1, like you mentioned, where they don't get the H-1B and then they've got to make some decisions. So, And the lottery is broken down how? It's based on where you're from, country of origin, right? Correct. Yeah. So they're going to have a certain number of people that they're going to let in from, say, Canada, where I came from. They're going to have a certain number of people from India um, and different areas where they'll have a certain number of visas uh, allocated. Let's say we find a candidate that we like and we want to hire that person. What do we need to be aware of? What are the pitfalls there? Yeah. So unfortunately, what we found, and and I've talked to a lot of people about this, Rick, and and unfortunately, there's uh, what we call agents that represent people with H-1B visas. And that's where it gets a little bit honestly shady, you know, and that's where it becomes difficult. 
Uh, we have to be aware of things like even misrepresentation, or someone might call it lying. <laughs> well, people <we're>, lie? <laughs> if you can no. believe that. I didn't know what happened. <laughs> the hell you say? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll say it nicely and say misrepresentation. So uh, Wait, so let's talk about the agent thing, yeah. because I've actually come across that before where I've gotten emails from people. They send me a resume, you call it, and it goes to an agent. Mm-hmm. Right. This right. is pretty common, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For somebody who's trying to do business development and they're not who they claim to be. Yeah. Unfortunately. And yeah, you, you're calling a number from a resume. And unfortunately, we hear this this sound in, in our ear that says, that's my contractor. It's not it's not the person that we're yeah. looking to talk to. So who's lying? Is it the agents or is it the candidates themselves <laughs> or both? Oh, well, you know, I, I don't know if it's easy to, to kind of pinpoint pinpoint uh, where that's happening. But the, that's the key that we can talk about later, too, is making sure that you're getting the right story from both parties as you go through the process. Because it's hard to, to pinpoint who is because you have to develop trust with really both parties, the agent and the and the candidate. So you usually get into a contractor who you don't know, who has that resume. You don't even know if that the skills or anything on that resume are actually that person. Well, you brought up another good point there. And unfortunately, that's the reality is, is that you, we do see a lot of resumes that look surprisingly familiar. And, 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 that, <laughs> and, that, and I mean word for four, word. Four different names with the same, yeah, same resume? Yeah. And it gets really difficult when you're dealing with, say, person A and you're looking at and then person B's resume submitted. It's the same resume. So you're an agent, right? P- they probably reach out to you quite often and say, hey, do you want to do third party splits or deals? Or Absolutely. To that effect, right? Absolutely. It's a regular. That doesn't happen too often for me. And I would imagine it doesn't happen too often for small startup. Yeah. I mean, it's something that you got to you gotta be careful with. And it, it's, it's a regular occurrence. So, I mean, my emails packed every day with obviously lots of emails, but uh, half of them are probably people saying, hey, I've got this person with this skill. Call us. God, I hate that. <laughs> okay. I hear you. You and I were talking before the show and you were telling me a story about how you had somebody who was in an interview and it looked like the person was being coached or it wasn't the same person that you... Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. But um, what happened was, and you know, we go to great lengths, Rick, to make sure that that people are vetted properly. It's, it's as you know, it's, it's what separates us from our competition. Yeah. And to do that, we have to go through many different layers, including phone calls um, and, and eventually in-person meetings. Sometimes distance makes us use a, a connection on the on video or WebEx. So we'll, we'll go through that process with somebody to make sure that they're uh, who they are, that they're answering the right questions themselves, that they're not <laughs> referencing their computer while they're talking. That's the beauty of the live connection sure. on video. And Hold on. Let me look at this up on Google. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll <laughs> ask, you know, we'll ask questions and you'll hear the typing. It's like, no, please. Just, just tell me the answer. You, you know what the command is in Linux. You should tell me. So, uh, but yeah, at some point, um, we, we have to make sure that, that they're who they are and that they know their stuff and that they're ready to meet with our client. And that's where, unfortunately, in this case uh, that you're, you're mentioning, we had the client say that when they went through that process, they felt that the candidate was either lip syncing or perhaps someone else was talking. So lip syncing, meaning someone else is answering or they're conferring with someone else. So they actually heard other Or they were running off a teleprompter or something. Uh, maybe a teleprompter. <laughs> I don't know if they're like Trump and they just speak on their own. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, the teleprompter may be going. So it, it, it was alarming and, and it was damaging, right? I mean, it, you know, we, we have a high threshold of, of, of ethics that we maintain. And when, when, when a customer says that's happening, it, it can be very difficult. God, you know, we could actually do a whole show just on candidate stories because <laughs> I think we all have them. I've seen this happen quite a few times before where you get 
somebody who just shows up in an in interview that's totally different than the person you talked to on the phone. Yeah. And again, it's tough there, too, because like you say, I mean, you're talking to person A and then, yes, part, you know, and you go you go to meet them at the interview or to walk them in and it's a different person or, or a different sound on the uh, when you meet them. That's going to lead us into our next section. So, hey, guys, you're listening to our radio show. I'm Rick Gerard. For our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment for our sponsors. Find out how healing a person's pain points attracts amazing people to your company. Sign up for our passive talent workshops at rickgerard.com. Our guest today is Martin Harrington. Martin is the Senior Vice President of Tech Services for TechChorus Consulting, Inc. And we're talking about H-1Bs, which we all know and love. Let's actually give somebody a process we can put in place to help them to hire H-1Bs because it's, it's a necessity if you're hiring anybody in science, technology, or mathematics today. I have a method, and I'm sure you have a system that you go by, where I vet people pretty thoroughly, and I look for evidence to support warranting an interview. I don't know if you go that deep or, or do that sort of thing, but I think that communication is really key here. You can't assume anything, especially when you're dealing with a third party or you're dealing with just somebody who's actively out there doing their own shopping as an H-1B too. We've got a few steps that we follow, Rick, to uh, to work through this kind of stuff because the reality is, like we said earlier, you, you're going to need to get these kind of candidates and it, it can be discouraging enough to the point where you just put up your hands and say, you know, I'm not going to deal with those agencies that we talked about. But at times when you are trying to find a specific skill set and you find what you what appears to be the right person, then it's time to go through some some serious steps. And, and the first one is to to really go carefully over the resume. And, and that kind of ties in with what we talked about earlier. Make sure that each item on that resume isn't just overload because I'm sure you've seen the, unfortunately. So how do we test this with people? Well, we, we the 10 to 15 page resumes can be kind of scary. And we, we, have, <laughs> and we have we have clients that literally want to punch. The punch. They, want to, they want to punch. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I had a, I got a hiring manager once said, I just felt like punching the guy. You know, so. He really had a 15 page resume? Yeah, yeah. And, and we're not going to send How that can on. you have a 15 page resume when you're on an H1? Like even if you're like five years into it, there's no, you can't have acquired that much content to have a 15 page resume. Yeah. And that's where the fluff comes in, right? There, there's that's where a lot you're putting in every buzzword. Word. Every buzzword, every skill set under the moon, right? It's like they've got everything. You know, do you go back to them? Do you go back to them and say, "Hey, I need a two-page resume." Otherwise, we're not going to talk to them. We have, and we do. Yeah, okay. absolutely. We'll tell people to tr- to trim it down, and that's when that's another good way to vet people because they're like, well, "Wait a minute, my resume is four pages." Not the one I got, you know, or whatever, right? I mean, so yeah, four pages is too long, too. Well, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, we look at how many resumes you a have day, a right? twenty plus year career. How long is your resume? <laughs> exactly. I try to keep Mine, it to one page. Mine's two pages at yeah. most. Yeah, page and a half. I mean, and again, like you said, I think they're trying to put every skill in there that they can because they're they, trying to optimize for SEO. Yeah, for those um, for, for, automated systems yeah. that are picking the words out. See, yeah. this is the bad side of having an ATS system that filters your candidates for yep. you. That's where we are in our money and uh, and it makes it separates us because we have that personal level, right? You know, watching for duplication, mm-hmm. making sure you're not seeing a resume that, that looks identical, which I, I unfortunately have literally seen a, resumes that look identical. I don't know why, if it's just the agency putting through people tapping a different name on it. Probably. Like, if you look at job orders today, like it's somebody stealing somebody else's job board, right. just slapping their own label on it, putting it out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, there's there's certain uh, jobs that they're trying to get for their candidate, or they want to open them up to any job that they can they can right. So so it makes it hard. 
All right. Um, so step one, go through the resume diligently. Diligently. Exactly. You know, and, and it takes time. And but you can pick up these things like too long, too much repetition pretty quickly. You can see the ones that are just BS. Exactly. The ones that yeah. have every single buzzword under the sun. I don't know. Do you call those people? Because I don't. No, I kind of laugh and they go in my trash can. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's a it's <laughs> bad a quick... resume of the day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And hopefully you didn't even you don't even have to, you know, just click delete and move on. What's the second step? So the next step is our recruiters are going to have a phone call. Uh, they're going to schedule a, a time to speak uh, to the person. And if that can be go right to Skype, so be it. But if not, it's a phone call because uh, this is where we get into communication. And, um, you know, unfortunately, for, for, for when you're opening up the world here, we've got people speaking all kinds of different languages. And I don't know how much you've traveled, but I've been traveling and I can kind of understand people in different countries. But yeah. if my hiring manager can't understand someone, the interview is really short. So you're running the phone call with the hiring manager or you're doing it as your recruiters? As Yeah. So our recruiter is calling them okay. before it ever hits the hiring manager. Yes. Even before it hits me, it's going to be recruiters going to have that call. Talk to them on a on a you know person to person basis and get a feel for their communication ability. So what if they don't have to communicate that well? What if they just need to sit in a corner and code? Well, that's 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 something that hopefully we can get past with the phone call. But again, they have to be able to communicate. Like you say, there are those people that you can put put them in a room, throw money over the wall, and they'll they'll code. But they still have to do some interaction. And yeah, especially to, today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're going to have you know, stakeholders and 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 partners and and other coders. So, how are you telling if they're really good? Are you testing what buzzwords they have in there? You have them walk you through a project. What what are you doing specifically that's that's giving you that evidence that you need? Well, what we do, Rick, is we take a look at the resume and say, okay, they've got a, lo- a long list of skills, say at the start, and then they go into their job experience and they may list some things that they're doing, but we'll go and say, okay, you listed, say, Python up at the top, but there's no mention of Python down here in any of these jobs. Where did you use it? Okay, I used it here at this job last year. Okay, take us through what you did. You know, how much did, how much exposure did you have? Well, I was supporting it. Okay, that's not necessarily what we're looking for. Were you coding <laughs> in Python? Do oh, I went know? out and bought a snake. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's right. Python. I got my snake here. and I could put Java on my resume since I drink coffee, right? Well, it seems like every resume has Java. <laughs> if, if your resume doesn't have Java now, we're, we're wondering why, but maybe that is the coffee influence. I don't know. <laughs> so you're going through what details that you need for the role. So you're looking at, see, I ignore that piece. I ignore that buzzword mm-hmm. piece that's always at the top that has skills, mm-hmm. that they list everything that they've ever touched. And I dig into the what they've been working on in their current role. Right. I have them walk me through that. And then if I yeah. lo- am looking for a particular skill, I might kind of poke them on that and see if they have any. And that's going to be, you know, a little farther down the line for us. But I, I, okay. I think that's a great idea. Like you said, you know, get that out of the way early and um, and have them. Yeah, exactly. So the first call, you're just looking for communication skills. Huh? Well, yeah, I mean, we're if we don't get that comforting feeling that they can speak and communicate. And, and when I say that, I mean, it really means that you you don't have to say pardon me <laughs> or what, you know, or, or it's a bad connection. I can't understand you. It's got to be, it's got to be clear communication. And, and, you know, those people are out there. They're working on their skills. I mean, their English is better than my uh, Punjabi, right? I don't know. How good yeah. is it? <laughs> well, it's not, You tell me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's better than mine. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. You're looking for communication skills primarily and then walking through their skills. Those are, those are the two things that you're recommending that they do on that second step. 
Right, right. And then, you know, go over each, uh, like I say, go over each each job that they've had and experience and, and find out where they were using specific technologies. And obviously, we're looking for certain skills when, we, when, we, when we're trying to fill these roles, right? It's, we don't need the breadbasket of information. We just need certain skills. You know, do they know NetApp? Have they worked with ISIL on these different things that are important? Different for contractors than if you're hiring full-time. Because if you're hiring full-time, you're going to delve into that a bit deeper. Do you guys do full-time direct hire placements as well? We do, and I have another story if we have time on that, uh, okay. unfortunately. But but yeah, <laughs> so that process is is a little bit deeper because you have to dig in really deep yeah. on, on the visa. Is it is it current? You know, it's one thing to be told, I've got a visa that's good till October. Okay, great. You can work now for the next three months and you'll be done before that expires. But, but if you're hiring full-time and they only have a year left, that's that's a problem. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and that that's where and it's they like, have, you know, the, the, what's called the renewal for the H-1B. And that's yeah. great too because they can get another three years. And if they get through that But if you're years, in year six. If you're in year six, what's your situation? Has your company already applied for you? If to you don't be, have the green card coming, you're in trouble. You could Well, you could be in trouble unless yeah. you've got a, what's called the I-140, which is an approval that gets you what's called the EAD, Employee Authorization Document. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're in limbo until that green card arrives. Step three, what would that be? So on the third step, we're going to move towards um, the, well, just a couple more things on step two. There is the need to make sure there's the person themselves is talking. Obviously, we don't want to sure. hear any background noise and so on. So the this the in person which is ideal or if distances don't permit it we're going to do a webex or a, a zoom or or skype even and that's when we're going to you know really get a the, where the rubber hits the road and you know how how well does this person present that's where we're also looking for some of those things that i mentioned is are they focused on you so you're doing those two steps prior to them actually getting an interview with your company yeah okay exactly. good 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 yeah. that's good vetting yeah. And then the fourth step would be what? Um, I would say the last thing is to get their commitment, um, you know, because we're going to have a certain time for the contract. And you, as you know, contracts can get renewed. So we want to know how far out they're going to be, but get their commitment for the for the length of that contract and that they'll be able to show up. You know, if this is in Houston and I got a guy that's in Atlanta, you know, I need to see his flight booked, right? I want to yeah. know, hey, you're ready to show up on this day at this time. You know, maybe we're going to fly there ourselves to make sure. If Actually, full-time is kind of tougher because you have that lag period between when they get their H-1 transfer paperwork in. And then sometimes it could take now two to three months before that turns around. Right. And man, that's a time where you really have to set up touch points and make sure that you uh, you keep that going. Oh, yeah, because they're going to have so many opportunities thrown at them too. Yeah. So the key here is communication, guys. You need to actually not assume anything and you need to dig in deep. I like the way you're vetting deeply on this and making sure be, before you present them to your clients. We've got a quick minute here. Uh, what would be the key takeaways that you'd like the audience to walk away with? Well, thanks, Rick. I would say the the key, the three things you want to think about is what we talked a lot about, I think, is primary communication. It, it's got to be uh, very focused and diligent and purposeful uh, on the communication side. And that that's not just, the, I'm talking, not just talking about how they sound or what they talk like. It's also communication between them, their employer, and so on. And then we're going to need to find out details on the visa. We, we talked a little bit about that. But, yeah, you know, drill we, down deep on that. It's yeah, super get a, important. Get a copy of the visa. It's not a, it's not hard to get and, and their documentation that they have. Uh, and, and then finally? And the last thing is, is it, it, it takes coaching. And I'm, I'm saying this for the, you know, the benefit of, of those in this, in our industry is there's so much coaching that needs to go on as you work these people through this process. And I'm talking about everything from, you know, be ready to, to, to this is a contract to hire, you know, so don't go in looking for the green card when you, when you call it, when you start talking to my client, 
that's going to kill it. Yeah, that's yeah. Or on the reverse side, don't go in like you were going to be a full time employee and then try to negotiate a contract. Yeah. Bad idea. Right. All right. We're, we're just about out of time for today's show. Martin, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what's the best way for the members of our community to reach you? You know, the best way is, is for, from our website, tecorus.com. Spell that out. T-E-K-C-O-R-U-S, like United States, dot com. And our information's up there. You can reach me uh, by phone or email. And a real pleasure to be here today, Rick. Oh, Thank it was you. a pleasure to have you. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We are listening. We love your feedback. After all, this show's about you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O, or drop me an email at rickatstridesearch.com to learn about our passive talent webinars and workshops. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Ryan Malone. Ryan is the founder and CEO of Smartbug Media. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you've been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 